folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. episode 215 titled to be determined at a later date normally noah would kick this off but he is very fatigued from recording a very important nintendo joe podcast covering the recent news that the wii u details have been released as uh, well as the release date so i will kick off this podcast in his stead because he can barely move having spent all his energy and excited um nintendo fanboyism is that correct, basically, Noah? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's half correct. I did record a different podcast. I will not say that I had any different attitude than I do right now. <laughs> oh, well, you can all look forward to that. If you don't get enough of Noah's uh, cheerful attitude tonight, you can also get the Nintendo podcast. And which number was that? just in case anyone wants to do that. Uh, that was 26 or 7, I think. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, now now they know where to get more of the same. Um, we have an interesting show tonight. We are joined, Noah and I are joined by Scott and Bob. So this is the uh, full party of adventurers who boldly went forth to Dragon Con uh, a week or two ago. And um, unfortunately, Scott is near death with a cold, but he's he's toughing it out and joining us anyway. Thank you, um, Scott. Here. I'm here. Did everybody get a cold after Dragon Con? Just to check, because no, I, I, I had something going on. No, yeah, I had Good. something going on. Yeah, I had to take a day off from work because I just I was absolutely miserable. Wow. My yeah, I had something. My hand sanitizer must have helped me. <laughs> Well, you know, oh, and I, I was doing that, too. I actually brought two bottles of hand sanitizer and kept them in Ooh. my backpack the whole time and kept using them compulsively, which is not normal for me. And, uh, Unfortunately, yeah, Bob was to... touching with more than his hand, so. <laughs> oh, yes. That's he was bad. licking things everywhere. I didn't Much bring tons than my of plan, which was... Oh, yeah. I saved a lot of money by just using the toilet water for drinking water, but um, apparently yep. it had a downside. Yeah, so anyway, tonight we've got a whole bunch of news for our intro Geddon. We've got some listener feedback. We've got a little bit of uh, what we've been playing information for everyone, including Noah will, will give us his, his full report on his love for the um, audio editing product known as Sonar X1. Just kidding. And um, we'll talk a little bit about some general geekery, and we'll end it up with Dragon Con memories from Bob and Scott, who didn't really get a chance to speak last week because Noah and I shunned them. Um, anyway, why don't we, uh, why don't we <laughs> kick it off? We did with not the shun them. <laughs> we did not shun them. They were no-shows. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was actually the day that I was completely sick. So. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah, that's uh, nice. Bob is near death. <laughs> Mark says. <laughs> this podcast stops for no one. <laughs> um. 
such good excuses you have, comrade. Uh, anyway, we'll kick it off with our, our news blitzkrieg. And to start it all out, there is a startling revelation that Blizzard has been watermarking user screens um, for as far as World of Warcraft. I don't know if this is also true of uh, Diablo 3 and StarCraft 2 and no one has noticed yet. But definitely what's going on is some people have figured out that there is a really weird encoding pad- encoded pattern in World of Warcraft screenshots. And this pattern, what's really crazy about it is it includes such things as a timestamp, um, the user's account name, the IP address of the server being played on, um, and other information. And it's pretty amazing. It's really weird looking. You can go to um, ownedcore.com in the, in the forums. They've got a discussion on it. Um, you can also go to Slashdot and look under the game section and find more information on this. But um, they did an analysis with some software and stripped out everything so they could just concentrate on the artifacts for um, what was going on with this encoding. And it's really freaky looking. It's like It looks like crazy hieroglyphics. I don't know if you guys have seen it either. But um, just bizarre. And it's like what next are they going to do? I mean, I, I guess their plan was if somebody's violating the EULA or doing something crazy, like running a bot or something, and that, and they show a screenshot of it, Blizzard could pull that up and figure out exactly who was doing what and ban them or do whatever else they wanted to do. Um, I find it to be kind of, kind of interesting. You know, they, they're they're no stranger to this kind of thing because they also had their you know their anti-bot guardian software going, um, which does some really crazy stuff by scanning your memory and all kinds of other things while you're playing to make sure that you're not um, running bots. But um, it seems to be more of the same for Blizzard, and uh, makes me wonder based on the kind of lukewarm reception of um, Diablo 3. Well, maybe the reception was good, but the, the staying power, I should say, of Diablo 3 was not so great. Makes you wonder if maybe they should get back to focusing on gameplay and, uh, and not so much all these other things. I don't know. Yeah, wow. that's pretty creepy. Yeah, it's just creepy to see it. And when you when you see what the output is after they've run these little algorithms on it, it looks like it's an alien code. You know, like wow. telling you where the mothership will be landing on, um, you know, Devil's Tower or whatever in uh, Wyoming, I guess it was. <laughs> you know, maybe what song to play with your keyboard. But um, anyway. Yeah, it's creepy, too, that they're they're actually not just putting like a serial number, it sounds like. They're actually identifying information directly in there, you know. Right, like if you had, because if you had bought the product with one serial number, but you had multiple accounts, you could be playing, you could have like a legitimate account, and you could have like a hacked account, and who knows what all is in there, but um, definitely. Yeah, just that they have your account name and IP address of the server you're connected to, timestamps and stuff. I mean, it, you you would have thought that if they were going to do something like that, that they would just put some sort of serial number that could only be correlated by them back to, to some useful information. But just that all that's right there, you know. Yeah, that's what I would have. really weird. If I was going to be sneaky, I'd be really sneaky. <laughs> well, not, not just sneakier, but, you know, it also means that you're not leaking any information about account names or anything like that that maybe somebody might not want associated with the screenshot they, they post. Yeah, especially yeah. if my name was, like, 
you know, pink princess or something like that. <laughs> got my warrior, you know, he's all tough and buff. And it's like, yeah, but your account name is, you know, kind of sissy. I don't know. <laughs> Bob, you want to tell us about your latest discovery? Yeah, I'm actually super stoked about this, that uh, Black Mesa Source is not only finally actually freaking supposed to release uh, tomorrow after, what, like eight years of development, but it's supposed to be coming to Steam shortly thereafter. So it's actually getting some official support from Valve. It's not going to be shut down and sued out of existence or anything like that. Yeah, so that's I'm super excited about that because I, I love all the Half-Life games, but to get to go back through the first one in you know in in a modern engine with redone high def models some of the models they took from half-life 2 from what i understand and some of them are completely new completely redesigned models so So it's it's pretty amazing i thought that would never happen between this and the fact that uh uh, what was it um duke nukem actually came out even though it sucked it just seems there is there is nothing we can turn to as a model for vaporware anymore yeah, two signs of the apocalypse. The cool thing, though, is that they're supporting it, which is, like, this is like going to be a one-two punch news section in favor of Gabe Newell, um, because this is the first of the of two cool things that we know about related to that company. Um, but this means I'm going to play it again. So I played the original version. Actually, if you count, like, what is it, Blue Shift and Opposing mm-hmm. Force, I played through those. I played through the um, original source version of it, but I've got to play through it with this. I mean, I just got to. So, getting my money's worth out of that game, I think. In other news, Bob sent this thing in about Chris Roberts, um, who is the my my beloved Wing Commander's creator. And recently at a panel at DragonCon, um, Richard Garriott was talking about Chris Roberts. He was talking about how there's different kinds of game designers, and there's, you know, most of them, the typical kinds, they get their game design really refined for each game by iterative effort. You know, they start out with something, they sharpen this up, they, they tweak this, they tweak that. He goes, but there's another kind of designer, and that would be Chris Roberts, who just sits down, figures it all out in his head, and then says, here's the plan, here's what we're going to do, and he executes exactly what he had managed to envision in his head. So he, he compared um, most designers to your average composer, and Chris Roberts got the title of Mozart. So um, I mm. thought Wing Commander was awesome. I thought Privateer was cool. Um, you know, everything that he's done as far as space games, I've found to be really cool and fun and compelling. And it looks like he is now working on a new space combat game, which is really exciting to me. Um, and so as soon as I saw the story, I went to, um, well, actually it's covered on Ars Technica and it tells you how you can go to this website, enter a code, and um, I did it, and so now I have a golden ticket, and it says that something's going to happen at 10 a.m. on October 10th, and uh, at the place would be GDC Online, I guess. So we'll see what that's all about, but it looks really cool. Oh, I, I didn't know. actually go to get the golden ticket. Is that something you end up downloading or something, or what? Um, it mails it, it emails it to you, and you create an account, and you can pull it up that way. Okay, but, yeah, I, I, have, uh, I guess I, have, I better go do that. I have a specifically coded golden ticket. 
So I feel like I've just gone to the chocolate factory with Willy Wonka now. It's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, but it's just, cool. It's a, you know, it's like you can tell he's you know he's working on the the uh, hype factor for this, which is cool. Well, hopefully um, he isn't he isn't going to follow the same path as Richard Garriott, and this is going to be his new Facebook game. Yeah, it doesn't. It's sound the first like flying it. game for Facebook. Uh, <laughs> no, Facebook as you never saw it before. All your friends will be represented as enemy fighters, and you must defeat them all. <laughs> yeah, and so now now when you. When you go to Facebook, you'll have, in addition to like, you'll have a kill selection. <laughs> Later when you're playing, you can gun them down. I don't know, but it sounds really cool. Should be, you, have, you, have to, you have to farm a little factory in order to make planes. Oh, it'll be Farmville in space? But Plainville, yeah. Plainville. Or, yeah, so, or in space, yeah, you have to. Ho- that would be hope, horrible. Hopefully it will be something wonderful rather than something horrible. Yes, one would hope. Always hope for something good, not horrible. I just thought that was such a coincidence right. to see that right after last week you were talking about uh, about Wing Commander. And Chris Roberts, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, hey, bitches, I'm back, and I've got a really good idea. And even when you go to his site, he explains what he's been doing for the last 10 years. And he basically says that he was working on these space games, and he started to envision something better. But technology wasn't ready, so he took he like did a ten year sabbatical from this, and now he's back and he's got a new idea and he's ready to see it realized. Because Facebook so, is kind of interesting. I just blew it for everyone. Yeah, Wink Commander yeah. though. Was, Future wasn't. is here today. Well, and Privateer was awesome. It was, yeah. Both of those were just phenomenal games. They were but smart I mean, Privateer and Freelancer came out. Privateer and Freelancer were awesome, but at the time Wing Commander came out, I mean that was. That was like nothing you had ever seen before at that time. No, you know? that was, that's Wing Commander's what made me buy a PC. I was, a, I was at an Amiga users group meeting, and the, the president of the group goes, you, got, you know, guys, I have to show you something. <laughs> and we went in, and he, he like very, in a very embarrassed way took us to where his PC was and goes, all right, I got to show you this. And he showed us Wing Commander, and I was like, I need a PC so I can play that. Because <laughs> it was, yeah, I had not seen anything like it. Yeah, I had if a you PC look at then, it now, I had to upgrade it. To play it, I bet, yeah. Yeah, but I'm sorry, yeah. you were going to say, if you look at it now? If you look at it now, you know, it's all pixelated, and it's, you know, VGA, and it's, it's <clears throat> you know, it, it doesn't look so great. But back in the day, it was... Old game, it was though. And that's old. It's really old, yeah. Yeah, it is old. Well, speaking about committing to new pieces of hardware, Nintendo's successor to Wii has finally had its last details confirmed via a press conference today. The Wii U, which will be compatible with your existing Wii remotes and unchecks if you have them, but will have much more horsepower in it and actually be a truly HD console, a little bit better than actually the PS3 and the 360 are today, but not by much. It's going to be available on store shelves. In the U.S., November 18th, which is a little bit unique in that the U.S. is getting it first. Historically, Nintendo's machines have come out in Japan before they've come out anywhere else. And in this case, actually, Europe and then Japan get the Wii U after the U.S. does right before Thanksgiving weekend. Something that surprised some people out there was the pricing of the system. The week before, there were three different SKUs that were rumored to be out there, $250, $300, $350 
no information on what these would contain. Today we found out there's going to be two SKUs, one at 299 and one at 349. The 299 one is a white system with only 8 gigabytes of memory in it, and it doesn't come bundled with the game. It just has the gamepad, which is basically like an iPad with two analog sticks, four face buttons, and two shoulder buttons as well. But it's not truly an iPad in that you can't like surf the internet on it. Basically, it is a second screen for games, a second touchscreen. And some in some games, you can actually drop from your television down onto the gamepad so you could play Call of Duty console level wherever you wanted in your house. You could just take your gamepad with you as an example. So, no way. Oh, yeah, that's, it's, cool. that's pretty cool about it. Yeah, that's actually really awesome. I, I'm kind of surprised at that. I thought it would be fairly low frame rate, more just control. Um, like I, yeah, I saw I, demos I, of maps and things like that on it. I yeah, didn't I, think saw, so, I saw it as a you know a TV size Nintendo DS. Yeah, I'm really surprised you can actually play play a game just solely on the remote. Yeah, you still have to be within range of your console. I'm assuming though, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's done over. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's done over Bluetooth. It's some kind of new uh, technology that they developed just for this system that's con- super fast, ultra low latency, and works really well. Okay. Interesting. If man. you wanted to get the uh, pricier version, which is at $350, it does come bundled with a game called Nintendo Land, which is basically this giant theme park world with, I think, 12 different attractions based around Nintendo franchises such as Super Mario and Metroid and Pikmin. And you, there's various games where it's you versus other friends or it's you versus the game. Kind of a mini-game type stuff like Mario Party, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Except, of course, taking a, really a lot of wow. advantage of the, uh, the gamepad functionality. Uh, also included in the $350 model is there's an extra cradle just for the controller and also for the console. And there's 32 gigabytes of memory, so four times the amount of space to store down loadable games and stuff like that. Uh, the system will have actually a lot of decent games at launch, including some ports, which is great. So you'll be able to get Darksiders 2 and Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and Assassin's Creed 3 on there and Darksider. Uh, oops, I just said that. But also there will be some exclusives, including Bayonetta 2, which is really awesome, in my opinion, because the first Bayonetta is this great, campy, over-the-top, sleazy-type video game. And that the sequel, which was originally canned, is now has now been resurrected for Wii U is great. And then also Rayman Legends looks really good. It's got some great classic rock levels that are timed to platforming. And just, I don't know how to describe it other than that, but... The whole game, the game as a whole is a platforming game, but there's certain levels that are timed to old songs that just is really well done. Oh, that's cool. So are you excited in general? or? I am excited about it. The price is a little bit uh, expensive for me, and so I'm kind of probably going to wait and see, especially since I know that the next PlayStation and Xbox are around the corner. There's no doubt that I'll get this system because yeah. I'm a big Nintendo fan, and it's going to be the only place I can get the next Mario game and the next Zelda game and the next Metroid and so on and so on. But uh, right. it's a big commitment, and I feel like if I wait, I could get a price drop or I could feel even more convinced, like, okay, I want to get this system because there's like now 20 games that I really want to play on it. I just, uh, I'm, I'm not much of an early adopter, but there's some really cool stuff in there. I wish there was more online play, like that Nintendo Land game that I told you about, not to mention the new 
Super Mario Brothers game that's like a side-scrolling four-player multiplayer version of the classic Super oh, Mario yeah. Brothers. Neither of them have online play. You only can play locally, which is cool. And it was cool back when I was in high school and college and I had people over all the time. But at our age, it's really difficult to get people to come over and have big game get-togethers because people yeah. have got families and kids and spouses and all this other stuff. So I really wish it had more online support. But there will be other games, of course, like Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed that will have online functionality in them. Oh, that's cool. I'm just really hoping they have some really good developer support for getting people to use this uh, this new controller. Because that was really, I think, one of the things that kind of screwed up the regular Wii, is that yeah. there, the few games that really used the controller well, which were mostly made by Nintendo, um, but things like Rayman's Raving Rabbids or uh, Wario, um, or, oh, yeah. you know, of course, any of the Wii Sports type stuff, those were awesome, awesome games. But so many of the games that came out with it were really pretty crappy ports from other systems that um, they just felt like they mandatorily had to use some sort of motion control. So instead of like pressing a button to shoot, you would have to shake your arm off. Yeah, that's basically. not cool. And they're trying to add some extra appeal to people. Something that's kind of interesting is of all the Netflix users out there, 25% of them use Wii to watch Netflix. And that's the same, that percentage is the same of 360 and PS3's combined users who use their systems for Netflix. Really? So Wii is a huge Netflix uh, hub, and so the Wii U is going to have this huge Nintendo TV set of functionality where it actually ties everything together. You can manage your TiVo, your Netflix, your Hulu, and Amazon all directly through your Wii U, and you can use the... Gamepad's touchscreen controller to actually go through menus. You'll get recommendations on other shows to watch. You and your spouse or your kids can have individual accounts so that you can queue up your favorite shows and not have that overlap like on Netflix if everybody's using the same account. Your recommended queue gets all jumbled together with a bunch of different stuff. So they're, And they're also going to have you be able to do interactive stuff with sports games as you watch them live on TV. So there's some potential there that's exclusive only to North America in this TV offering, but for me, that's not a system seller because I'm still a games guy first more than a TV guy. No, but that's pretty cool, though, because we kind of totally was missed up to this point. Nintendo has missed out on the whole um, home entertain, you know, home, beyond video games, uh, home console stuff that, you know, Microsoft and Sony are going into real big. Yeah, so it's kind of exactly. neat to see them entering that. And but I'm, I'm not surprised more people use the Wii for uh, um, for Netflix. I don't know about Sony, but I know on, you know, the 360, they kind of. They kind of ass rape you on that, that you have to be an Xbox Live Gold member yeah, and be a Netflix member. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, I would prefer to have my Gold membership on, like, my account and have a separate account on the 360 for Netflix for the family to use, you know? Yeah, yeah. But they don't accidentally override any of my save games or, you know, any of that shit. But uh, mm-hmm. kind of one of those things that pisses me off. Mark, you are keyed into this Path of Exile game. Can you tell us what it's about? Yeah, so um, it's kind of like a, another company's attempt at a spiritual successor for Diablo 2. At least that's my take on it. Um, but it's called Path of Exile, and it looks, everything about it looks like Diablo 2, slightly evolved. Um, and they're, yeah, well, we saw they're this currently game. doing it. Did we? At PAX. They were one of the. They were on the back. This was PAX a year ago. 
but they were in, going into closed beta, and they were handing out discs, and they were on the backside next to where we saw that iPhone Steam or iPad Steam ship game. Do you remember that? Scott, I have to say something that I realized while I was at DragonCon with you this year is you have an amazing memory that I have what not whatsoever. Say. It's just like Scott was remembering things during DragonCon. I'm like, how does he remember that? He remembers where we ate. <laughs> it's just like, wow. So unfortunately, Scott, no, I do not remember yeah. that. I remember yes, how much I would... thought Firefall or whatever that stupid thing was well, really yeah. sucked. But the, the only, I only remember the big brushstrokes, unfortunately. This... um. But yeah, it's been in closed beta since then. So I mean, it's they've at least play tested. So it's supposed yeah. to be very, um, very intense, from my understanding. I haven't well, ever played it, but and if you go to their site now, um, well, assume I don't know when this is going to get released, but they're doing a stress test this weekend and allowing people in that aren't in the beta to do that. Um, but they are they're hoping to be in open beta um, for in Q4. And I think after that, they're going to be lining it up to launch, you know, Q1 of 2013. Um, and everything I've seen for it looks really good. Like, it looks really solid. I haven't done any playing yet, but um, I'm, now in the, I'm now a beta tester for it, so I'll find out. I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, did you actually pay for the beta access? Or? Yeah, $5. I paid $5, and uh, it's Dude, a free-to-play I, game. If I'd have known you wanted to play that, I would have just... Sent you my CD. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. But yeah, I paid the five bucks, and uh, I don't know. It's cool. Um, cool. You'll have to let us know what you think of it. That looks yeah. really, really cool. Looking at their website. Yeah, their website looks cool. The the video of the different classes looks good. It just it looks like a evolved Diablo two, but doesn't look like Diablo three. And the the characters are, have that more of that gritty look to them. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll find out. I plan to play all weekend, so I'll let everybody know my thoughts. Yeah, no. That'd be great, because I love Diablo, and I, I still play Diablo 3 once in a while, but it it really was kind of a disappointment. Well, you know, it's like everybody that I talked to that bought Diablo 3 played the hell out of it the first few weeks. Maybe, you know, some lasted longer, but six weeks afterwards, I don't know anyone who bought it that was a huge fan that's still playing it. And I asked everyone that I knew that was playing it, I'm like, are you still playing it? And they're like, nah. So that's really sad, and again, it goes back to my point that maybe maybe Blizzard should start, you know, working harder on gameplay and less on, you know, protecting their intellectual property and other things. But the ancillary you know. pieces of their games. Yeah, I mean, they should make sure that they keep Battle.net secure and don't get breached, you know. But uh, other than that, I think they should work on actually making games that are really fun to play, like they used to. That's Man, that just my so editorial sad. comment. What's that? That that is so sad. They used to make such good games, and now it does seem like it's all a bunch of suits. It really does, you know. It's the I don't know what's going on there, but with the Activision Blizzard merger thingy, majigger, whatever you call it, it's just a it's a drag. But in other news, a company that's not sucking right now <laughs> has also <laughs> launched a big beta and uh, open option for people to try out this week. And I'm really curious to hear if any of the three of you are going to try out Steam's big or Valve's Steam big picture service. 
I don't know. And if I, not, are you familiar with it? And then I hope to go on. Well, to I watched it. I watched a video on it today, and it seemed like what it did was made, um, gave you the ability to play your PC games with a a big TV instead of a monitor, and it had uh, allowed you to use like a, a wired Xbox controller to do to you know do texting and stuff. So you could kind of simulate that couch um, experience that you have with most console games, but with a PC. But what I didn't see it doing that I thought would be just the perfect fit would be like the Netflix, the Hulu, the streaming video stuff, you know, all in one interface. And it didn't seem to mention that at all, and I don't know why they didn't go for it. Maybe that's coming next. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, they, they, what they should do really is partner with somebody who's already doing some sort of media center box. Because this is just a PC. It sounds like it's for Windows or for Mac. Um, or yeah, Mac coming soon. Yeah a lower resolution version of Steam to allow you to connect your PC and basically your Steam service into your living room television system. Of course, that does require that you have an HDMI cable run all the way from your desktop PC all the way over to your TV, but the resolution of the Steam interface is downgraded so that you can basically do everything that you do in Steam on your couch. And then, of course, if you wanted to drag your mouse and keyboard over you could, but the idea is that you would use a controller. And this is essentially Valve's... We, we, we've talked before on the show about how Valve has been hiring hardware designers and been doing these test boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that this big picture service is really their more scientific and grounded way of testing whether they should get into the console business. They want to see how much people tap into this service, give it a try, actually start using it to determine, like, well... Yeah, everybody likes PC gaming, but maybe we should make a box that really meets our needs and supports our platform the best, and then we'll get into the home console race. I noticed they did something really fascinating on the texting, um, or the sending messages, because you can send messages to your friends that are online and enter text and stuff. Did you did you guys catch that at all? Yeah, yeah, the, the daisy, daisy wheel, wheel keyboard. The double it's like a double daisy, right? Like so you do a you do a cardinal direction or or a um or you know, so you can go, you know, straight up, straight down, right, left, um and some and in between. And then when you do that, it opens a secondary daisy wheel that's the button. Um so it looks like you could once you got used to it, you could enter text really fast as opposed to how typical text entry is with a controller. Yeah, it's like a virtual keyboard versus this rings within rings setup. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of a cool idea. Like I, I could see that if you used it enough, you would learn to type with that pretty quickly. Whereas yeah, you never are gonna most type fast. Keyboard for, for a controller I've ever seen. Yeah, I would I would I dare say actually call it revolutionary just because everybody's had a chance to figure this shit out over the last twenty years and somebody that doesn't make consoles came up with this idea. You know, I mean, they've come up with other ideas, such as a little snap-in that puts a little micro-keyboard on your controller. But this one is, like, it looks actually functional. And if you've ever played, like, any of the, um, you know, games like a Marvel Ultima Online... Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Marvel <laughs> Ultimate Alliance yeah, or some Alliance. of the other games where you have those challenges with the bosses where you have to hit the colors really fast, you know? It's, it's pretty doable once you get used to it. I don't know. I thought it was pretty damn cool. I didn't expect that at all, but I was like, that's pretty clever. Sure to be imitated right now. (laughs) 
what's nice about it is almost anybody who has any sort of home theater box that's, you know, a PC-based home theater that's, you know, running Microsoft Media Center or, uh, um, you know, XBMC or anything like that, if, if you're running it on Windows right now, you're probably good to go to, to install this on your on your yeah. theater box and, and play it on your on your TV. You I'm have actually, something like that, Bob, right? I mean, well, could... my, mine is Linux-based, but I've been considering switching to Windows-based for a while, and this, I think, is going to be... Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start figuring out again if I can get my fucking video card to work under uh, Windows 7, or I'm just going to buy another one. And this is going to be my uh, my excuse for upgrading it. That way, I can also ditch Netflix on the 360. Well, this will be cool because just think you get this working, and then then when the uh, uh, Black Mesa source comes out, you can play it on a TV, and it'll be like an un, an, an incredibly cool experience. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? And you know what else I recently saw? That the price of um, HDMI-compatible projectors, like DLP projectors, has really come down. You couple that with a, you know, a nice flat white surface, you could have have a killer setup. If I had a bigger room in my house, I would really consider that. That would be so cool to be playing all your Steam games on just this giant projector. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, at, at, at HD resolution, you know, 1080p or whatever, it'd be pretty cool. So obviously, as we talk about this and our excitement and interest in all things Valve, it's no <laughs> surprise to know that there are other bigger com- big companies out there that have also taken a keen interest into Valve's business and wanted to partner up, if not outright buy them. And the new, a recent New York Times story revealed that Electronic Arts did just that, making several offers to try to buy a Valve at least for $1 billion. And every time, Gabe Newell turned him down, saying that the company would rather disintegrate, quote-unquote, before they would sell out to anybody. He explained in his own words, Mr. Newell said, it's way more likely we would head in that direction a case in disintegration then say let's find some giant company that wants to cash us out and wait two or three years to have our employment agreements terminate is <laughs> 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 a, a good way of putting it ea's tried has definitely acquired a lot of companies over the years the most recent big one being popcap and popcap seems to be doing fairly okay other than a recent story where we were wondering if the lead designer of Plants vs. Zombies was laid off of all things, but yeah, I don't. I, I'm happy to hear that Valve has recognized that it's got the longevity and the brains and the ability to stay independent, because usually that means that we get the best <laughs> situation. And in case EA is counting, apparently Valve is now worth over three billion dollars. So if anybody wants to go out there and try to do it again, they're gonna have to put a bigger price out there yeah i mean considering they bought pop cap for a billion you would you know and then fucked it all up you'd think they could pony up a little bit more of a <laughs> of an offer for this because valve's a juggernaut and they have figured out so many things that others never did like when they came up with steam and we all laughed and then one year <laughs> later we all were like this is the greatest thing ever and their sales are bankrupting me and my kids don't have shoes because of them that is true remember when it came out and all of us were like what the fuck is this bullshit yeah 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 it's like what are you gonna sell half-life 
Great. Yeah, that was yeah. exactly what I said. Oh, a thousand different ways for me to get Half-Life. How exciting. And then I can get Counter-Strike and Day of Defeat. Oh, boy, and Blue Shift, you know? And then you realize what they were about. Now, they are yeah. like, for indie game publishers, they are like a the premier outlet for, you know, distribution. And you've got other companies like EA trying to copy them with their own yeah. services. And sucking at it hard. Yeah. Pretty cool. But that's not all that EA has been up to. This actually, the story came out a little bit over a week ago, but an EA labels boss stepped out there and said, don't expect to see us publish any more games that are single player only. Every game coming from EA this point forward will always have either a multiplayer component or be completely multiplayer focused. And people kind of jumped on that and like, wow, great. What does this mean for Bioware games, <laughs> for instance? Which, because Bioware is known very much so for single-player RPGs, older public aside. But that actually turns out that's not the only company out there that has said that with Insomniac Games most recently jumping on the, screw this, we're not making any more single-player games either. Which is interesting because they <laughs> they aren't even affiliated with Electronic Arts. They primarily yeah, that is weird. Well, but I mean, you can look uh, at it Sony. as the last Mass Effect. Okay, well, yeah, there's a multiplayer shooter portion to it, but that has nothing to do with a single player game. I and mean, as long as they do that, I don't mind. If it's they a can tag that stuff on, pretty easy. You can even argue that Dragon Age Two is not a single player game in the sense that you can build build things that other people through their you know their item shop and that kind of stuff. You can build quests and all that kind of stuff. I mean. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of other stuff out there. You can mod it pretty well and things like that. It, it, that gets really gray. Well, I like how the Insomniac Games CEO Ted Price put it. Insomniac's behind Sony exclusives Ratchet and Clank and Resistance, and they're finally getting back in a multi-platform uh, developer with the upcoming Overstrike, which looks pretty damn cool. Anyways, Ted Price said, "I can't imagine that any game we do from here on out will be single-player only." The game industry's changed. As gamers, we've always been social, but thanks to the way technology has evolved, it's much easier for us to play together. And it's much easier for developers to create experiences where you can play together. So we want to encourage that with all of our games because ultimately, in my opinion, it's often more fun to play with a friend. And this gets back to what I was talking about earlier with Wii U's games and how much I really want Nintendo's first-party titles to include some online multiplayer because it's just so much easier and convenient and easier to set up if you can do stuff online, because online has just become so much better, so much more better than it was 15 years ago. Oh, true. It's interesting the juxtaposition of those two ideas, though, that EA is saying our future is completely multiplayer, and Nintendo's like, yeah, you know, we still think people are going to gather in the living room. <laughs> or they're just going to play by themselves. So it's, yeah. it's interesting to see where that goes. I think that, you know, the... The right answer is somewhere in between. I mean, everybody likes to play online with each other, but I think most gamers want to play by themselves once in a while. Play a nice single-player oh, story yeah, like Bioware game or something. So. Definitely. There's got to be a balance. The future is not solely multiplayer like you guys were all saying. No, and you know, Nintendo definitely has a niche cornered for uh, um, for living room games. There's... If you have a bunch of people over at your house, that that's the game system that you're going to crack out. Yeah, I totally agree. So earlier we mentioned 
Bioware and elect and under the umbrella of Electronic Arts and how Electronic Arts can force its purchased uh, developers to commit to heinous things and wonderful things. <laughs> Scott, what do you think of Bioware's plans to keep Star Wars: The Old Republic up to date as possible? Well, what there's they're they've announced a six week update schedule going forward. Most likely after the 1.4 update, which is coming out really soon. But, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, of course, well, that just means you'll get smaller updates. And I'm like, and how is that a bad thing if you get them more frequently? Um, yeah. I, I really think it is there. It's just another news blurb on the fact that when they go free to play, that's how you that's how you monetize it. You throw content. Um, and then you, you know, you charge points to access the content. I mean, that's, it works. That's, um, you know, that's the money maker. That's how DDO is making money. That's how Lotro is making money. They're not making money on the cosmetic items. They're not, I mean, yes, they are, but I mean, the real money in, in free to play is, you know, gated content based on buying episodic content. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. And, I think it, I mean I think this is kind of hand in hand with that that they're getting into that smaller content update schedule to be able to accommodate that free to play transition. Um, personally, since I'm going to probably stay subscribed until I play through the story quests on the ones that I want to play, and then I'll be done with it. Um, I, I like it, so I'm, I just want my I just want my HK51. So. I, <laughs> He's, he, I'm waiting for that companion character. I wish he would come out now. So, <laughs> um, other than that, um, let's see what the next thing we had was. Uh, there's an, a free-to-play game coming out called War Z. It's supposed to be out before the end of the year. I think this is your next subgenre that I, you know, that's which I would kind of argue Secret World's kind of in there too. Sort of the MMO horror genre. I mean, I, I think Secret World kind of dips their toe into that side. You know, uh, you know, see, uh, CCP is working on the, you know, the World of Darkness MMO, and and um, there's several zombie MMOs coming out. This one is interesting in that cash shop items will be lost upon player death. So pretty, pretty high death penalty. I kind of like that. It's supposed to be very sandbox and is much more of a, the, you, the game premise isn't go out and shoot zombies for points. It's total survival. So if you do try to go out and run and gun it like a like a Modern Warfare 3 or something like that, you'll get overwhelmed. It's You're supposed to scrounge around. You're supposed to hide. You're supposed to, you know, rescue NPCs and form these survival groups. And then you... you my understanding is you're supposed to be able to jump in between the PPC, the NPCs that you finally... Um, secure in your group and so that you have multiple you know multiple players within your group that you can you can go between so it, I mean it sounds like there's some pretty innovative stuff in there um, it, I'm kind of interested just to I like zombie games so I, I, I'd be interested to see how they do that if it's truly a the games you know the games that to me that are good that are zombie games or the true survival games where you're not 100% sure if I'm going to make it through it don't give me a serious Sam with zombies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what most games are. Most zombie games are serious Sam. 
Let me throw 5,000 zombies at you, and you can kill 1,000 zombies. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's not a, if I fought off two zombies and I'm bleeding, I'm going to die in 15 minutes if I don't do something. You know, that to me is a zombie game. This, what we have now, is, is much more run and gun, and I'm not a big fan. So I'm hoping that, that this, will, uh, this will do it. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people are comparing this to the, the Daisy, which is the Arma 2 mod that everybody there's been several well written articles based on it, but it's a little too harsh for my for my blood. So and on to the next segment. Well that would be the wonderful and exciting listener feedback sec- segment. I was gonna say section, but <sighs> we have a couple by the same author, which is interesting. The first of which is from Hilgi who says, Is Noah okay? He is not tweeting about Ace Attorney 5. Noah, you'd promised last week that you would have something wonderful to say. Well, yeah, I did on Twitter. <laughs> and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at this is Noah. But yeah, I obliged Hilgi's <laughs> request. I thought it was really funny that somebody from Channel Massive, not from Nintendojo, actually said, hey, why aren't you talking about Ace Attorney 5, a lawyer game? <laughs> I love you guys out there in Channel Massive Land that you remember my passion for all things legal and video games. Yes, and interventions. Um, and, but that was not all. Hilke also wrote in and said, and Scott can elaborate on this one, kudos to Agamemnon and Southern Scott, Southern Fried Scott, that is, for calling out the horrible person who did a panel about MMO podcasting and didn't know about Channel Massive. <laughs> it's like giving a panel on baseball and not knowing about the Yankees. I hope you have Scott on soon so he can tell the rest of the story where they flip over the table and spit on her later. <laughs> and this is well, in reference to a panel at Dragon Con in the podcasting track, right, on MMO Podcasts? I will say, and I will say the track overall was fairly weak, in that, and we'll talk about that later in the Dragon Con piece. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was supposed to be on, I mean, the premise of the of the workshop was where do you find good, you know, MMO podcasts? And, you know, I've never heard of the girls podcast, so I don't know if they're good, bad, whatever, but she, you know, single person on the panel for one, how can you have a panel if you're one person? (laughs) Um, Very opinionated on her previous co-hosts and what they do now and how it's crap and how, but the the problem was is you know you know anybody that follows gaming podcasts and things like that i mean the instance is a pretty famous wow podcast it's been around for a long time they do good work and her basic you know she did not like the individuals that do the instance so she basically poo-pooed on the instance and it was like wow well, you know your personal opinion of the instance is you're just throwing content out there for one she Someone in the crowd had to mention that Massively has a podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, you know, Virgin World is gone. Shut Up, you know, Shut Up, We're Talking is gone. You know, they, some of the better MMO podcasts that were out there from before are no longer there. But, I mean, I, to a certain extent, I think that some of that was the golden age of of, of MMO gaming podcasts. But... Everything she mentioned was game-specific podcasts, which 
personally, I mean, I've done a game-specific podcast with y'all on League of Legends. It's not MMO gaming podcasting. It's something totally different. You're talking about a a single game. Now, maybe we bled it over a little bit more than we would have normally, but those are, to me, those are two different things, and I, I just thought she was underqualified. I thought she was very opinionated on whether or not a podcast was quality or not was not her she didn't have an opinion based on that. Her opinion was based on her personal relationship with the people from the podcast, if she knew them or not. She had two, Mm -hmm. she had co-hosted one podcast that had maybe 40 episodes before it ran out. And then, you know, one that she had ran that had about 60 podcasts. And basically she, you know, to me, that's a pod fade, you know, she's right. You're never there long enough for somebody to to pick you up. I mean, good Lord, you know, Channel Massive has been out there forever. And I'm not saying we're big or great or anything like that. I'm just saying. I will. Well, I, but, you know, from an MMO general podcast, there's not many out there anymore. And you can say what you will about Channel Massive, but we at least tell you what we think about the games we're playing. <laughs> And we're not paid, certainly, by any means to to give our opinions on anything else. So um, it was very cool to meet Agamemnon. That was that was actually, which was very funny because I did not know he was there. And we started to, and thankfully, I at least had a little bit of pride on myself. I was not going to toot our toot our own horn and mention Channel Massive myself first. So, but Agamemnon, of course, said, "Why? Why aren't you talking about massively or Channel Massive or these, you know, gaming podcasts that talk about gaming in general?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why aren't you talking about that?" So, it worked out really well. It was, uh, it was good. I think overall, though, uh, well, we'll talk about that in Dragon Con, but um, there, uh, I have some opinions on that in general. But yeah, pretty, pretty wicked uh, little quote unquote panel on MMO podcasting. So. Funny stuff. And now my voice is almost gone. He only has a little bit more voice left after yelling at children on the football field all day. Yes, but we're two and one, so. Oh, that's cool. Hey, I think you mentioned it before, but I forgot now. How did you know uh, who Hilgi was? Sorry, I got the two confused there. When when he mentioned Channel Massive, I said, have you mentioned Channel Massive? I said, have you heard Channel Massive? He said, yeah. And I I looked over, and and I said, I'm Southern Scott. And he went, I'm Agamemnon. And so there there you go. So I was like, (laughs) that's that's cool. cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. I wish I could have been there. He's like, I named you. (laughs) (laughs) So many Scots calling in. That's really funny. But yes, that was, um, and I mean, there were only probably 20 people in the whole panel. So, um, you know, there ended up being this sidebar with about seven or eight of us where we were talking about other podcasts, things that I had heard in the past. I said, look, even if it's not, you know, like uh, the game archaeologist uh, or uh, what's, I can't remember the name of his podcast anymore. It used to be on Virgin Worlds where he'd go back and, you know, oh, bring yeah. up um, the old games. Yeah, the, uh, oh, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. That was one of my favorites. I mean, she didn't even bring up, you know, um, of course, they're not doing it anymore, but the the British guys that used to be on Virgin Worlds, I mean, they had a great podcast. Yeah. They were, you know, he did some stuff on Massively for a while, and it, it 
I don't know. I was just very unimpressed with the fact that she was quote unquote telling the masses, here's ways you can find out about MMO gaming podcasts. I'm like, well, you're not talking about MMO gaming podcasts. So it was I'm like not an expert or anything, but I've listened to a lot of this shit. So the online gaming anthology or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where he would bring back old, you know, even old developers to games that had canceled. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I mean, great podcasts. There was, there's some it good awesome. podcasts out there. I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff. And she was, I was just very disappointed. So, yeah, I basically put her in her place and kind of broke off and had this little pseudo eight-person, nine-person thing where at least those people were informed of where they need to go to, to get good podcasting. So, so are you going to run the panel next year? I do mean, we right? arguably we could do a better job. I mean, one, <laughs> other other issues that, I mean, she, you know, she, she recorded Mac only. Um, basically, we're saying that you couldn't use Skype. Or Pamela, which is, if any, for anybody that doesn't know, that's what we use is Pamela Pro and Skype for most, even though, you know, we've, y'all bounced around with other things and I've done other things in the past. But, I mean, it does perfectly fine to record a podcast. And she is, you know, well, you can't even use it. It's, um, it's I'm like, well, we've done 215 episodes now and it's working just fine. So I don't, I don't really know what the problem is. But, um, so just, I mean, you know, there were, some good questions that she was just either one so tied into her own personal opinion that no other opinion was worth commenting on or just didn't have the exposure to even say there are more than one ways to do it. I do it this way. You can also do it this way. And there was none of that. It was just very, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Intolerant sort of kind of. Yeah. I became, I became intolerant of the whole situation. Super lame. (laughs) Was that on the say, MMO track or the podcasting track? Um, I can't remember. Okay. I'd have to look. You look at my app. I could tell. I was yeah. going to say you. You guys should actually uh, write in whoever runs whichever track that was and see about oh, getting I on did. that panel next year. Have you ever noticed? Did you notice in the app you could actually comment on any of the ones that you went to? No, no, no. Uh, I meant and volunteer to be on the panel for it next oh, year. Oh, I didn't. You guys, I didn't do that. This is a podcast that has ran that long, and see if maybe you could get free, uh, at least a free membership to Dragon Con or something or like least, that, right? At least get on the panel and and just rip her a new one. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of uh, some sort Which of fringe benefits of being on the panel, right? Well, well I mean, you get all the chicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the MMO chicks. Yes, all the crystal so chicks many. you can eat. So. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun time. Not my highlight of the trip, but interesting though. Yeah, good times. Well, that concludes our our mailbag, as we used to call it, listener feedback. And I think now's a good time to talk about what the heck we've all been playing in the last week. Um, I'll lead on with it because I don't have much to say. I uh, my recidivism has occurred and I am playing League of Legends again <laughs> and um I've had I had some fun with Noah the other night um we we got on and played a little bit and um yeah we it's played been really that was fun. fun yeah yeah I had a night where I played 3 games and I won all 3 games and Ooh, nice. that's never happened before <laughs> so I wasn't sure what to do. So when I got done with the third one and it was still early, I was like, I, I better just stop. I, it just doesn't get any better than this. I'm three for three. I need to just call it a night and go to bed. 
Um, but it was really fun. So having a lot of fun with that game, Re- remembering, I'm remembering, you know, what hooked me initially um, and enjoying, enjoying it quite a bit and just marveling at the fact that everybody else I know that used to play it is playing it right now which is really weird. I don't know what Are happened, you? but like everybody started playing my friend Donovan, his little brother, um, Kurt, um, all the Are wolf you playing guys. Dominion or Summoner's Rift? Or? Just Dominion for me. I, I just really like it because it's so much faster. I figure if I can get two games in or three in the time it takes to play one regular Summoner's Rift, then that's, you know, better, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. That's that's what I've been doing. Anybody else? Well, I've also jumped on back on the League of Legends bus. I've got to say, yeah, Mark, it, it's kind of cool to come back to it and be like, oh, yeah, now that I remember how to play, this is really cool. And it does make all the difference in the world that so many of our buddies are still playing. And I've kind of gotten back into checking the League of Legends website and the forums like I used to, I used to do that every day, and then yeah. I kind of went dark on everything for about four months while I played other games like Mass Effect and other games on my DS and my PC. But it's still great to get in some games here and there. So, listeners, if you've ever played with us before on that, maybe you'll see us again on there if you're interested in coming back. I've also played now through the third episode of the Walking Dead game from Telltale, and it's just really great. It's a really, really great game so far. I'm very happy with how character development and storytelling is going in there. And they do... I read an editorial about this, but I, I, and I have to agree with it, which is interesting because I don't usually like Jim Sterling from Kotaku, but or Destructoid. Um, this is probably the best developed and written child character. She's uh, the character that you're pretty much charged with taking care of within the Walking Dead video game is just so well written, so well developed that you really care about her and you don't think that she's dropped in there to make you feel bad or feel guilty because she's a child. She's actually really well written and developed and if anything, that's probably one of the main reasons I'd recommend checking the game out. Other than the fact that it's a really kick-ass zombie game and a great story and you really get a lot of control over how it goes, much like a Bioware game in terms of your conversation. So, yeah, it's fantastic. How does Speaking, the story in that relate to the, the actual TV series? It takes place slightly before and then in parallel with the okay. main storyline. So there actually are some characters from the comic slash and TV show that show up in the game, but the activities in the game take place before. Okay, uh, I was just wondering if, like, you know, if, you're, if you start playing the game now, but you're caught up on the TV show or or vice versa or something like that, if there's a problem with, you know, spoilers or anything? No, I wouldn't say so at all. Okay, cool. I would say, like, a majority of the cast, probably, like, 8 out of the 10 or 12, 8 out of 10, if not 10 out of 12 of the main characters are um, all unique. They're all new. I think there's there's only been three characters in the game, and out of, like, 12 or 15 that are actually in the TV show or the books, so. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. Highly recommended. Uh, speaking of zombies, I've also played a little bit of Left 4 Dead online <laughs> with Bob and with Jason. And Bobby, if you want to talk to me about that later, you can. And I've gotten really into Resident Evil Revelations on 3DS because I finished Rhythm Thief, so you won't be hearing me talk about Rhythm Thief anymore. I'll be talking about Resident Evil Revelations 
because I'm also really psyched about the new Resident Evil game that's coming out here in a couple weeks. It looks like it's going to be so good. Scott, Bob and Scott to well, <laughs> let's see. I uh, I've played a little World of Tanks. I've just passed my fifteenth uh, hundredth match, so fifteen hundred matches. Um, still averaging around sixty percent, which is not too bad. I'm about to get my t- first tier nine tank, so they want to go up to tier ten. So that's pretty cool. Um, still digging that because it's pop in, pop out, and my reflexes aren't as sh- slow anymore. So it kind of fills the niche of my old first person shooter days when I'd come home and play two or three death matches and then jump out. You know, just not having enough time to. If I don't have a lot of time, that's what I'll play. I'll play a couple of matches in there. You know, 15 minutes later, I'm done. Um, I'm still playing through Skyrim. You know, my completionism is is working its way through Skyrim still. I'm still liking that. I can just, you know, jump on my horse and ride around Skyrim for for 30 minutes, and it's just cool. Um, I'm even playing a little Diablo 3, Mark, still. So... Um, wailing away a little bit here and there. As long as I do it in penny packs, it's still fun as just a beat 'em up. Um, you know, still get cool drops and just what they do, and that's that's all still neat. Um, still playing Star Wars, so probably got put in six or eight hours this week in Star Wars. So, and it's you know, as a single player game, it's still it's still fun. So that's it. It's all I've been playing. Hadn't played any League of Legends this week. So. What the hell? Yeah, I know. It's, but, you know, I'm a much more of a Summoner's Rift guy, so that's a 45-minute commitment. So. <laughs> Bob, what are so you I've doing? I've not been doing much exciting. Uh, mostly been playing old games. Um, like Noah mentioned, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Dead or Alive 2 online with him and uh, Jason. Which is pretty fun. The first night we did that wasn't that great because my headset wasn't working. Which I've been having like chronic technical problems with everything lately. But uh, but once I got the headset figured out, that was it was much fun, much more fun. Yeah, uh, Left for Left for Dead Two or yeah. What did I just say? Dead, Dead or Alive Two. I was left envisioning you Sorry, saying dude. the Left for Dead Two. Yeah. I was just going to say the next thing is was that I've been playing Dead or Alive Four actually with the device uh, oh. of the eldest son. Which is another really old game. It seems like I've been playing a lot of old games lately. I do that anyway because I'm a cheap cheapskate. So, uh, but no, uh, Left for Dead is what we were playing, which is Left for Dead Two, which is really fun. No, but with the the wife and the kid, I've been playing some Dead or Alive Four, the old uh, karate game. There's a new which one that, coming out here just in a month or two. I know, and I'm, I'm kind of psyched about that because that's that's one of the games that we like to play as a family and go back and forth on. <laughs> and take take it a little bit too seriously, and oh, that's hilarious! I can only imagine you playing that with your kids. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, he usually likes to be. Uh, oh, what is he? The guy that looks like Bruce Lee. I can't remember his Kyling? name. I think yeah, that's it. Uh, my wife is usually Katsumi, and then I'm usually the uh, the drunken guy. Oh, he's so awesome! He's my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite, and then sometimes I'll do Zach, nice. which is the uh, the African American guy. Yeah. <laughs> so those two games, uh, playing a little bit of Lego Batman with my youngest son. And then my oldest has got me into just starting trying this game called Skylanders. Oh, oh yeah. My, son, my son's getting that for his birthday. 
It's kind of interesting. I, I haven't played enough of it to really have an opinion on the gameplay, but the accessory for it is is really unique and interesting. This little portal. That yeah, you, and you buy have, action. Basically, you buy an action figure that you pop him on the little portal thing. He becomes a character in the game world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, it's almost cool like concept. a prop card thing where you you pull one off and then you put another one on there, and it responds immediately in the game, uh, and you see the new character there. What's interesting is the same accessory works on the 360 and will also work on the PC with the online version of the game. It's oh, a money wow. pit. Watch out. It is a money pit, but I thought it was a very interesting, creatively done money pit. I know that if I if I were little again, I would totally be all about that because, man, I was just a sucker for collecting things, whether it's GI Joes or Micro Machines, stuff like that, and Smurfs. The, this whole Skylanders thing would be right up my alley. It would oh, be yeah. right up ten year old. All kids are suckers for that sort of stuff. It's just yeah. like all the Pokemon cards and everything, right? Oh yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about with my thousands of magic cards. <laughs> yeah, you're immune. So that's that's pretty much it for me. I actually haven't been doing that much gaming because I've just been getting caught up on things and trying to feel better. Concrud is a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Yeah, although I really don't think it necessarily is something contagious so much as it is that you just get exhausted. Yeah, you get run yeah. down, no sleep, just constantly go, go, go. Man, I yeah. got the best sleep. <laughs> I'm like totally the opposite of everyone else. I got such good sleep compared to what I get at home. It was like a, it was like, wow, I'm fully conscious for once. This is awesome. I don't know. I actually slept pretty well there, too. So. Yeah. I slept quite poorly, man, when I was there. I just I cannot know. sleep well in hotels. I, I could tell you were hurting by day two or day three. I can't remember, but, yeah, it wasn't good. But well, well, when you and I drank the liter of vodka on day two, that didn't help. No, probably not. You were very <laughs> excited to see us day bottle. two night. <laughs> what was that? Scott? I said, Bob, you were very excited to see me you know, on, the, on, on the night of day two. Yeah. I was excited to see everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tito's vodka and Bob combined to form Happy Bob. <laughs> yes, I was excited about everything. He was. Lamp. <laughs> it was cool. Well, in general geekery, all I have to report is that I'm actually going to play some board games this weekend, and I'm really, really bummed that Noah can't join us. But... One of our friends is having a little get-together because he's an unexpected bachelor for the weekend. And uh, I'm going to bring my Game of Thrones game and Divine Right. And I feel really stressed because I feel like I have to figure out all the rules before that. So um, probably tomorrow night will be an epic rule-reading session for me so that I don't totally <laughs> blow it. Because um, I haven't played Divine Right for like 20 no, more than 20 years, God. I haven't played it for 30 years, probably. No, probably, yeah, 30 years. However old it is, that's when I played it. <laughs> so it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. But uh, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I'm missing the beta test of this. But uh, yeah. anyway. That's what I'm thinking, because I'm going to have you all over later in October. So now you'll yeah. have all the kinks ironed out by then. I'm hoping. You know. What are you playing on later in October? Board so games. Pull out. Somebody Same needs to thing. pull out a red arrow black shield. Remember that? What? D and D. No. I think it was a command companion level. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know that one. That's cool, though. It was, to... it was a... It's a venture module for D&D, but it had... It was a... It had a huge battle map. It used battle system. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be pretty cool. It was very cool. You get an 8 by 8 board and go to town. Very cool. The thing I had forgotten about Divine Right, I, I had to order it. So the crazy thing is it was released on a limited scale. It was one of TSR's games, and it came out of Michigan. And it, I actually had to get mine from through eBay from someone in England. So wow. the thing traveled pretty far and then traveled back. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been an epic adventure to try to get this this game that I spent so much time playing as a kid, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't believe how far things can go around the world, you know. But the thing that blew my mind when I opened it up, I'd forgotten how big the damn map is. I, I guess I envision. I just you know how you remember things. I remembered it much smaller, and then I open it up, and you unfold the the map for the game, and it's like an entire tabletop will be taken up by cool. a hex, it's like a hex map that takes the whole tabletop up, and it's like this mythical land, kind of like what you see in um, J.R.R. Tolkien's maps for you know the 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 world and the Lord of the Rings and stuff. So it's going to be interesting. Um. Anybody else got anything geeky they're doing this weekend? Um, no, I'm I'm playing coaching ninety pound football for the next five weeks. So nice. So at ninety pounds, you can time. still throw the players around if they don't listen. So that's good. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean this is you know this is the south, so this is full contact. You know, no coaches on the field throwing hand signal plays in the whole nine yards. Right. So. right. Good times. Good times. Good times. I'm going to be playing uh, my Changeling game, D&D game. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's uh, I'm looking forward to it because we've done 10 hours of game time so far, and we still haven't fought anything, but it's been so cool, which is such a strange concept to me, playing a game where you're not fighting something or killing something, but you're actually just playing a little role-playing. It's, it's really neat. That is cool. And, Bob, you're doing the epic game playing thing too right the board game gaming yeah, yeah which is going to be weird for me i haven't played any board games in a long time so um, good i'm hoping it'll actually be fun i plan to meet with you before so you can be a sleeper agent from my side should be good <laughs> as long as there's a certain amount of payment involved oh i'll have to work on that i don't know uh or at least <laughs> if it's something that's going to be really amusing yeah that's true an evil plan so, I think, you know, we we recorded last week and we did our, you know, post, post-mortem for Dragon Con, I guess you'd call it, with just me and Noah, because you guys weren't available. Bob was sick and Scott had, like, some football thing going on. And so, we thought it'd be cool to, at the end of the show, get, like, both of your, I don't know, your number one thing you wanted to talk about from Dragon Con, best memory funniest thing that happened, you know, craziest thing that happened, most interesting thing that happened, and just your thoughts. So how about we start with Scott since his voice is uh, questionable? I would say uh, the interesting thing about Dragon Con is is different from other conventions in that it's much more workshop-based as opposed to here's a convention floor with a bunch of exhibitions 
And yes, there may be these talks on the sides, but ultimately it's the exhibition floor that's that's the draw. Um, you know, PAX, E3, the you know that. Um, and Dragon Con is much more workshop based, and is basically a geek version of Mardi Gras. I mean, <laughs> and that's you know really what was interesting. I guess is the the thing that you that was the funniest was if you just sat back and think about it for a minute, it's like, you know, there's plenty of people that were there that spent no less than hundreds of hours to design and build whatever they were wearing to Dragon Con. And that was the sole purpose to get it together was to do that. And it's like, you know, I, I was, that was the, in a certain sense, the funniest thing was that, you know, these people have have built this costume to the level that they've done, and they've taken all this time, and this is really the only place they're going to wear it. <laughs> or they wear it at home every day, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and that level of dedication where one side of me is, um, you know, I admire the level of dedication. The other side of me is going, that's a little too dedicated. <laughs> um <laughs> I think my interests across geekery in general are so varied that I can't plumb the depths as deeply on individual uh, pieces as many of them had. So that's probably my um, – I will say that the the thing that uh, really, really drew me out that I was really impressed with was the the regular – you know, standard gaming, which in their sense would be D&D gaming, their workshops based on those, the two items that, the two things that I went to in that tract were both very, very well done. Um, I was very impressed. So that, that to me is probably the highlight. So. And now my voice, I think, is really gone. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, man. I think you guys actually did a pretty good job summing up a lot of it last week. Um, but, no, I think that's what uh, Scott said, too, about uh, a kind of a geek version of Mardi Gras is kind of true. But to me, the really unique thing about it is that it's so many conventions all in one. You know, there 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 is the showroom floor, the dealer area that they have where you can go and browse all that stuff. I I actually only browse that stuff a little bit because it was so freaking crowded, which I guess they're moving it to a new area because of that next year because they were getting shit from the fire marshal. But So I only saw a few of the things for sale, but, I mean, humongous numbers of T-shirts. They had great, uh, what do they call them, um, sparring quality lightsabers. That These, you know, great-looking lightsabers, but they're yes. tough enough that you can smack well, each other around with them. Yes, I saw those. I was, I was so tempted, but my... my knick-knack budget did not allow me to purchase that. So You know, some of those were cheaper than I expected. I was expecting yeah, hundreds yeah. of dollars, and there's, you know, 50 bucks for this really just beautiful-looking lightsaber. Um, just, I mean, amazing, just all kinds of stuff. Did you guys go to the uh, the, the fine art uh, exhibit or the comic book and pop art exhibits? Oh, yeah, loved those. So much oh, great yeah. stuff to see. So much, yeah, so much great stuff. If I'd had more budget, I, I would have liked to have picked up quite a few things out of the, the fine art area. In fact, I, I intended to go back and get something, but I was so overwhelmed I couldn't decide what to get, and, and I never went. I never decided to go back, and I, I kind of regret that. I wish I had picked up a couple of paintings because some of those were just really awesome. But, you know, you could go to a panel on, 
you know, on the robotics and maker track and be talking about, you know, the, the building of electric vehicles. And it felt totally different than the fact that you know, the next panel you're in is on making video games. And then you're, you know, listening to the guys from The Lord of the Rings, you know, talk about the filming of the show, all of which felt like completely different events that should not be happening in the same weekend. <laughs> and then you go back to the Marriott and there's just this mammoth, gigantic, huge party with all these crazy ass costumes and, you know, lots of people drinking, which, again, just felt like it was totally disconnected from everything else that was going on. It's just like a, an overload of different events all at once. Well, yeah, I mean, an example of high and low, or high, highs in different ways is there was a thing on 2012, you know, about the apocalypse. And it was, you know, it was in the skepticism track. So it was very scientific, very not belittling it in any way other than, you know, saying, well, this really isn't likely. And, and you know, one of the panel guys on the panel is, you know, the director of the CDC in Atlanta. And yeah. then, so that's one end. And at the other end, as I walk outside and there's 75 people dressed in Marvel comics and Stan Lee standing in between them. And I could just, just take pictures with him. And that's just... Oh, did you Crazy. get a picture of him with the uh, with all the? Uh, yes, I did. I haven't posted. Oh, it yet. awesome! I yeah, know, you got to post that. I've seen somebody so else's real, pictures. And and what that actually was was it was me saying, you know what? Now that now I know why I'm a Marvel fan and not a DC fan is because Stanley's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have cooler characters for the most part. They do, they do. But I mean, just that just helped seal the deal. So, but yeah, that. Uh, that the the disconnect between the individual pieces is what made it feel so chaotic. It made it feel so chaotic, but I also think it was one of the coolest things about it is that it, it was like going to multiple events all at once. It felt like more than four days packed into four days. And the more I think about all the stuff we did, the more I realized, no wonder I was so damn tired. <laughs> yeah, we did do a lot. There was just a lot going on. Probably the most horrifying thing, though, I saw at Dragon Con has got to have been, though, I don't know if you guys already mentioned this. On, I don't think you did now last week's, but the uh, the female topless Darth Maul. Uh, yeah. That was probably <laughs> the most horrifying thing I saw. Kinda Just scary. because there was something so wrong about the combination of boobs and Darth Maul. Yeah, those two things don't go well together. It's not like it's not like chocolate and peanut butter that collides, you know. It's and a great forms, example of two things that you like separately that aren't good together. No, <laughs> not a good thing. Yeah, I don't know what the most incredible slash horrifying thing I saw it was probably the loth at the very on the very last day, just because it was like so funny to see some someone dressed up as like the drow elf queen with a vote for me sign that said a little bit chaotic, a little bit evil, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> part chaotic, part evil, lot. <laughs> it was just so funny. Um, that was cool. Yeah. I don't know. So you guys going to want to go back? Anyone want to go back to Dragon Con next year? I was actually I would... just talking to my wife uh, earlier today about uh, reserving a hotel room. The Hilton is already completely booked. Wow. Shocker. The Hyatt and the Marriott don't start taking reservations yet until uh, October. Well, the Marriott's the place to be. It is. That yeah. That's what I say, too. That place ruled. 
that place uh, was good, but you know the Hyatt would be a good choice too because it's very close to the, the Marriott, just across that sky bridge. Yeah. So absolutely crazy though that the one hotel that's taking reservations is already friggin' booked. It's not even two weeks after Dragon Con. That's nuts. Just an annual pilgrimage. So it sounds like you're considering it. Yeah, I'm pretty certain I'm going to go. We're actually. I really want to try to go to PAX again. I really enjoyed PAX. I mean, I'm, you know, arguably PC gaming is my is my highest my highest level of geekdom is, is <laughs> in the subcategory of PC gaming. So, you know, that was somewhat nirvanic to to go for that and just absorb all the PC games and um and truth be told Dragon Con was very very weak on on the geek side of gaming from a PC standpoint it was you know uh, I was actually surprised there were so little versus but I mean you know you're talking about here's the entire you know rainbow of 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 geekdom and you know ultimately PC gaming is very small in that in that niche versus <laughs> some of the other pieces there, and um, but I you know I, and so I mean I'm I would love to go back to PAX, but um, I'm up to pretty What's much. When you say it was weak on PC gaming, is I guess that game the video gaming track this is their first year, so I mean yeah. if we'd gone last year it would have been like aside from the people cosplaying as video game characters there is nothing video game related. Yes. Well, there is that. Which is and really I'm not... surprising, in my opinion, considering it, how much every other thing they have, even stuff that's, in my mind, very niche. Yeah, like Anne McCaffrey. That seems very, very niche to me. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, considering how many people were dressed as video game characters, it astonishes me that this is the first year they've had a video game track. Yeah. What about you, Mark? I'm thinking about it. I really enjoyed it. It's funny because when I was there, I was all stressed out about everything I missed. But now, in retrospect, I'm like, I had a really good time. And uh, I, I could see going well, again. Well, now you have expectations, too. You know what to expect. Whereas before, it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, what the hell is this going to be? I almost feel like this was the warm-up, and now, I, now I'm ready <laughs> to really go. But I would want to take a costume, I think, would be the thing. Yeah, the okay. fact that one in, one in three people there were, were decked out in a... Well, if you're bringing a costume, you better bring a damn good one, because, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, those, I don't know, though. I saw a lot of people in pretty, you know... I, I don't want to say half-ass, but not I'm sure that they were commented on quite often, so... I don't know. They seem to people seem to be taking it in stride, you know, and just appreciating the fact that somebody was enthused about that subject, you know. I saw a guy who was like a really horrible overweight Hulk, and everybody seemed to be, still, you know, taking this picture. Supportive. The, yeah. the funniest. Yeah, thing, I was, it, I was it, trying it, to think of a way of saying that without it. it, it well, but it is condescending. So you know, I don't want people looking back. Oh, no, I'll be supportive of you because that's. So <laughs> Well, that's all for this episode of Channel Massive, episode 215. Please feel free to write to us at mail, M-A-I-L, at channelmassive.com, or find us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, or, uh, you know what, leave us a glowing review on iTunes, and uh, remember, no matter whether you like us or not, your passion, your, 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 the credibility of your 
your review is all based on how many stars you give us. So if it's five stars, people will pay attention. Um, and I think that pretty much concludes our wonderful episode. And look forward to seeing you next.